What's up, I'm Freeze McGee fans, it's Joel. We are going to be doing a four-part podcast series with Sarah J, Dropped Amongst This Crowd podcast called Tales from Scamp, going over all the greatest hits of summer camp over the years. You're going to hear lots of stories from summer camp tales past, stories including Humphreys and Huey Lewis, Gene Ween, lots of other cool stuff that has happened over the years. So in celebration of 20 years of summer camp, I hope you'll join us. about what summer camp music festival means to you oh well you know summer camp is kind of our home festival for Humphreys McGee and it uh I don't know it's most most of these festivals that we play in the summer you know it's like we kind of show up and we're there for one day and you know then we take off and summer camp is one of these where we're there for four or five days and you know, we all have our our own golf carts to get around, and it's just kind of this casual, um, you know, obviously Umphreys plays a lot of music, but it's a lot of fun for us to go check out other bands, too. And it really does feel like a family reunion. That's that's kind of the vibe there. So uh, for me, that's, that's what I always kind of look forward to is, um, A, getting to play music the beginning of summer and kind of the start of the summer festival season where we get to uh, hang out with a lot of friends on the scene and, and you know, sit in with each other and, and, and have a lot of fun making music together. For sure. I love going to summer camp. It's a little bit of a haul for me, but it's worth yeah. it with all the sets of just Umphreys alone that you get and then all the other music. It's always a packed weekend. No doubt. Um, no doubt. <laughs> Okay, so go ahead and just start talking about uh, your memorable sit-ins. Sure. So, um, you know, one of the first ones, I think we first played summer camp in 2003, and that was definitely the first time that we had uh, Oteil Burbridge sit in with us. Uh, he played on Ringo, and uh, Oteil is somebody that, that you know, I, I feel like we've all looked up to quite a bit over the years from his... Uh, his days in aquarium rescue unit, um, obviously through playing with the uh, the Almond Brothers, who uh, who we got to open for and who we got to play with a little bit at Wine E Festival, and uh, then more recently uh, being the bassist in Den Company. So Oteil is like one of these guys who has really spanned all the different area eras of uh, of of the scene of of kind of improvisational rock and roll. Um, so, you know, just, just a master at his instruments and always like that, that's one that, um, I remember kind of early on being like, all right, I'm, I'm proud of us. Like we got a teal to play with us. Uh, so that, that one was pretty cool. Um, going forward a little bit, I have one that, uh, that, that I'll never forget that, um, wasn't someone sitting in with Humphreys, but was me sitting in with somebody. And so... Ian has a, uh, a lot of bands that come through. Ian Goldberg is the promoter of Summer Camp and uh, also the owner of the Canopy Club in Champaign. So um, one of his favorite bands, they had a, a Zeppelin cover band 
uh, that I think is called uh, Zoto, maybe. Um, you know, which is the the Zeppelin guys' symbols from from uh, Zeppelin Four that they introduced there. Um, and Ian was like, "Man, I'd really love for you know somebody in Humphreys to do something." But I want to say this was 2008 or 2009. And so he was like, "You think you could sit in with them?" And I was like, "Sure, you know, I'll show up if they have a keyboard, whatever, no problem." So I got together with these guys uh, backstage before their set. And we were going through their set list and it was hilarious because this is a great example of like the promoter wanting something to happen, but you know, not like, you know, the, the artists trying to like, trying to kind of force it to happen and, and us struggling to make it happen. So we went through all these songs and, um, you know, I was like, oh, well, how about a uh, song remains the same? And, you know, I got to do it in the British voice, even though these guys are from the US. He's like, well, there are no keyboards on that one. Um, and I was like, well, you, you know, I, I played, I have my own arrangement that I've, I've played it with Humphreys a lot. Like, it's cool. And they're like, they're like, no, we, we don't want keyboards on that. Um, you know, so we, we keep going. Um, and finally it was like, uh, I think it was, uh, Misty Mountain Hop, maybe. Boom, 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 do, 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 do. Right. So. Um, I was like, okay, I know that one well enough. I've never played it before, but but I think I could pull that off. And they're like, okay, okay great. Well, what they didn't tell me was that their bass player, when they do that, he plays the bass on um, like a pedal bass um, with his feet, much like John Paul Jones would do in the live show. But mm -hmm. like, no, I'm not going to play keyboards and pedal bass. I definitely don't know that. And so... We're about to walk out on stage, and he's like, oh, he's like, oh yeah, you got the bass part, right? I'm like, no, definitely not. Like, <laughs> you know, you got to come out. And so he played it on um, actual bass. He's like, I've never played it on bass, but I think I'll be able to do it, you know? Um, but it was, it, was, it was just a completely comedy-filled thing, you know, where, uh, us sitting back there being like, oh, I don't know if we can come up with anything after all. <laughs> <laughs> and uh it, it it worked out it worked out it was okay you still made uh, it happen yeah yeah um but that that was a really that was a really funny one where i was like oh yeah this is why we don't just like get together with random people and are like okay let's try this <laughs> with no rehearsal um sometimes that works sometimes you know it can be a little more challenging um so moving ahead, uh, 2009, we had Les Claypool come sit in with us for the first time. And I think that's the other thing. Um, we've had a number of people sit in with us where, like, this is the only time they've played with us at summer camp uh, because, you know, we're, we're all there in that same setting. So I, I think that's one of the things that, that's pretty cool that can occasionally afford you the opportunity uh, to have a unique sit in. Like, I remember... Uh, Jake sitting in with uh, Zach Brown band when they played there. Um, and I was like, oh, this is cool. This is something that you wouldn't usually get to see, you know? Yeah. And that's definitely how I felt about Les coming out and, uh, you know, going going nuts on the, the Whamola with us. Um, so that I, I believe Ryan also played bass on that, which is cool because sometimes the double bass thing doesn't work. But with players like O'Teal and, and Les Claypool, those guys know exactly how to make it work. So I thought that was, that was pretty sweet. Um, so that, that was, you know, a very uh, memorable one. And then uh, I think 
you know, probably our biggest thing that we had tried to date was we talked Huey Lewis into uh, coming to summer camp. And, um, you know, Huey has become one of our one of our really good friends and, um, you know, just somebody that we've obviously looked up to quite a bit and then has invited us to come out to play with the news. We've invited him to come out and play with us. Um, yeah, just a, a, a really special friendship for sure. So. Um, so he told us, you know, he had this new, uh, the news had this new Stax tribute album coming out and we thought that would be a fun, um, kind of little side thing to do and do some of these Stax tunes with him. The, uh, just a little aside, anybody who's watching this, go listen to the 1959 to 1968 Stax Volt singles compilation and just put it on shuffle. It's like one of the greatest compilations of, of music ever. Um, that's that's one of my favorites to listen to. So this was a really special thing to uh, to, to to be able to play some of these tunes with Huey. And we of course had the uh, Mad Dog's Filthy Little Secret Horns with us to come add a little 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 horn vibe on there, as you know you have to have with that Memphis sound. And sure. we got some uh, we got some background singers for this one too, which was also uh, something that we don't do very much. So that, that made this one special. Um, but the funniest thing that I remember from this, this, this was uh, a couple, couple of years in 2008, I think 2010, uh, my wife Dasha was working at summer camp with us. And so she basically got assigned to be the person taking care of Huey and making sure that like everything was good with Huey, right? And so we, uh, uh, she like gave him a ride, I think back and forth from the hotel in Peoria and Huey had gotten paid at least partially in cash for this. And so when she took him back to the hotel after the gig, he forgot the cash in our car. <laughs> and, um, so Dasha left and was driving away and was like, Oh, I have to go back and get this to him. So then uh, proceed to the very awkward moment of Dasha going to the front desk and telling the front desk lady, you know, I just dropped off uh, Huey Lewis here and I have a significant amount of money that I need to take up to his room. Um, you know, and they're probably like, wow, what kind of weird arrangement is this? This is, this is really something. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and uh, so you know, she she went up and gave the rings. Oh, Dasha, thank you so much. <laughs> there is somebody somewhere that tells that story, but from a different, you know, from their yeah. angle, and it's like right. such a seedy story. <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> now, no wonder Huey's not married anymore. He has this young girl coming up, bringing him thousands of dollars in cash. My God. Um, <laughs> So that that was always a kind of a funny little side footnote for that one, uh, but you know we of course did so we did the stacks tunes we did a bunch of uh, Huey's hits and it was funny because um, you know we wanted to do Power of Love uh, and Huey made a special request he's like guys can we just not do Power of Love can we please not do that that one I I've just done it every single show <laughs> you know we're like all right Huey. We get it. No we problem. understand. No <laughs> and uh, uh, a couple years later, uh, Simon Allen, the drummer of the new Master Sounds, requested that we do Power of Love at, uh, at Bear Creek. And he's like, 
you know, it's my favorite song ever. I just, and I would love to play it with you guys, I think, you know. And uh, so, so we actually did get to play Power of Love at a later date. And it was so funny. So, you know, the new Master Sounds guys have been good friends of ours. My wife, Dasha, uh, tour managed them for a couple of years and they played at our wedding. And so, you know, they feel like family. And I will never forget the shit-eating grin on Simon's face, not during the show, but in the rehearsal room of just getting to play The Power of Love with us and how happy he was to be playing it. I was like, I was like, Sai, is this the happiest moment of your life? <laughs> it might be. It might be. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, so the, the Huey Lewis one was really cool and, and it also felt good to bring somebody like Huey to summer camp. Um, you know, summer camp has, has done a great job over the years of bringing some really big name people from, um, you know, from somewhat outside of our scene, like Jane's Addiction and Willie Nelson, Huey Lewis. Um, I mean, even, even Zach Brown a little bit, I would consider to be a little outside of the scene. Mm -hmm. uh, but very, very few people know this. The uh, the Lumineers played uh, the the campfire stage. I want to say in like two thousand eight or nine, you know, and probably played for like a hundred people, you know. Um, so Ian did a good job of getting getting those guys on the way up. But uh, for sure, yeah. the, the the Huey one was always a favor for me, and it also kind of proved to us, I think, that we we're like, okay, we can try to step out of the box a little bit and do something that's a little more inventive or you know creative. Um, so I think that takes us to, uh, the, the biggest of our sit-ins, which would be with Gene Ween. Mm -hmm. uh, was that in 2015? Is that when that was? That was, let me see. Yeah. 2015 it was. Yeah. So, um, so the, the backstory of this is pretty hilarious and I, I'm, I'm going to keep a couple key parts out of it just to, uh, preserve, uh, people's identities, but, uh, um, <laughs> At this point, Ween was not together, and, and uh, Aaron Freeman, who is you know the re the real name of singer Gene Ween, um, was doing solo stuff, and he had like a Billy Joel show that he was doing as well, and was looking to add another uh, another set at summer camp, and so I think Ian probably mentioned him. He was like, "Well, would you consider doing some Ween songs with?" Uh, with either Umphreys McGee or Mo, and he was into it. And, uh, you know, this this was a big moment because he'd kind of been shying away from that, I think, until that point. And so Ian brought it up to us and said, hey, do you want to do some Ween songs with Aaron? And we were like, well, of course we do, but, you know, we also don't want to insert ourselves into any kind of issue that's going to cause, you know, problems with either the other members of Ween or, you know, just you want to make sure something like that is cool and it doesn't seem like you're riding someone's coattails or or stepping on their toes, whatever it may be, right? Right. And uh, so we had this long back and forth of making sure it was, you know, it was going to be okay with everybody else. And, um, and we still weren't sure about it. And finally, Ian was like, okay, if you guys don't want to do it, the Mo guys want to do it. And we're like, okay, okay, we'll do it. We'll do it. <laughs> you know, we're like, we're like, we want to be the band that does this. For sure. So one of the reasons that this was kind of funny was that about three years before um, he sat in with us at summer camp, there was an interview uh, with, with him after Ween had decided to take a break. 
and they were asking him, you know, why, why is why is Ween taking a break? What's going on? And his response was, well, we didn't want Ween to become some sort of Bumphreys McGee bullshit. So yeah, yeah, and um, it was funny because I was uh, I I was like in Richmond with uh, with Dasha's family that day and. Um, and I woke up that morning and had like 25 texts and I'm like, what is going on? And, you know, I, I'm like trying to figure out from reading what people were saying. And finally, you know, somebody was like, dude, they're like, Gene Ween just like blasted you guys in this interview. And, you know, and so I, I look it up and I'm like, man, this is this. I, I don't understand what he means by this, you know? And so anyway, you know, my, my response to it, all these people are asking me on social media, like, you know, Joel, are you pissed at Ween now? You know, what is this? And I was like, no, I'm like, actually, I'm like, it's a great honor to be slandered by Ween. I'm like, uh, you know. Kind of is, though. Like, thanks. You knew my name, though. That's flattering. Yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> exactly. Now now we're now, now we're punching above our weight. So, um, so that happened. And this was also very funny then because we were like, we're like, wait, so is this right? The guy who said this wants to do a set with us now, you know? Um, so we got about a week out from the show and it was decided we were going to go to site early and have a rehearsal day with him. And um, and the band, Umphreys actually went, we went to Jake's studio and, you know, we had, it was, we'd asked him, we're like, you know, what songs do you want to do? And he's like, oh, He's like, I, I hate picking songs. Can you guys just pick what you guys think you want to do? And then I can tell you if there's anything on there I don't want to do. So we picked the songs. We went and rehearsed them. Um, he approved them. And oh, and the other funny thing, the name God Boner, which is what we called our our, uh, our collaboration here. He's like, you know, we had a list. I had a list of stuff that I was coming up with. And I brought this. I, I was testing them out on my son. And my son thought that God Boner was the funniest thing he'd ever heard. So that's that's why we went with God Boner. Um, you know, Brendan's uh, very religious mom was not as pleased with the name choice for the band. But, uh, you know. <laughs> gotta, well, I'm we, sure that went over well. <laughs> gotta, we got to keep Gene Ween happy first. Sorry, sorry uh, Pat. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so anyway, so we... We're, it's decided we're going to show up and, and rehearse together and we're like, this is cool. We'll get to like hang with him and chill a little bit. And, um, and he was sober at that point. I don't know if that's something that he's still doing, but, uh, but he was, he, you know, he, he the, let's put, we'll put it this way. Their band was definitely living the rock and roll lifestyle. They were a, you know, raucous, uh, crazy train of musicianship going around the country. And, uh, so anyway, we, we we plan to do that, and then like two days before we're going, we get a call from uh, Mark Allen, his manager. He's like, "Hey, so um, Aaron's ride situation from Chicago to Peoria fell through. Could he ride? Do you guys have a ride from Chicago that he could just ride down there with you?" And we were like, "Okay, sure, yeah, let's do it." So uh, I think it was Ryan, Chris, and I that were in the in the car with him. We went and picked him up at his hotel in Chicago. And so he gets in the car, you know, we, we say hi and everything. And he's like, all right, I got to clear the air elephant in the room. He's like, I know you guys all know about this interview. I did where I said, I didn't want Ween to become some sort of Humphreys McGee bullshit. He's like, I gotta be honest, man. 
I was trying to think of another band. I'm not going to say who they are. He's like, and I couldn't remember their name. And your guy's name just popped in my head. And he's like, now that I've listened to you guys, he's like, he's like, you guys are great. He's like, I, I, you know, I, I'm really sorry. I, I, I just, you know, I just threw a name out there. It happened to be you guys. I didn't mean anything by it. I, I hope you're not mad at me. We're like, it's okay, man. <laughs> yeah. So that, that was a uh, pretty funny little icebreaker start to our car ride there, right? Um, For sure. <laughs> so we get to uh, we get to the festival site and we start rehearsing, and you know we take a lot of pride in this stuff. So we we all did our homework and made sure we knew these songs like you know crack tight, like we had the stuff nailed. And so we got in there and we started going into it right away, and it was amazing because he transformed from Aaron Freeman to Gene Ween in the rehearsal space and to see the kind of the joy and excitement of him getting to sing these songs and to get back to it was something that was really special. And so we did about, I mean, I think we did probably 10 songs with him or 12 songs with him and we got through like five of them and he's like, he's like, guys, stop, stop, stop. He's like, so you guys, like, you know, all these songs already, we don't even really need to rehearse, do we? And I'm like, we're, we're like, yeah, I mean, we, we got him. Yeah. And he's like, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> he was just so excited. Um, yeah. So it was, it was a cool thing because, you know, we got out there and we were also a little bit nervous about, you know, we know that there's plenty of crossover of Humphreys McGee fans and Ween fans, but um, to have our fans totally embrace that we were doing that, we weren't sure everybody would. And it seemed like for the most part people did because we wanted to bring him back out on stage with this material and let him have like, you know, feel like he's he's the, you know, the the commanding, uh, you know, uh, what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I, I don't know what whatever it is, you know, musketeer or something of, mm -hmm. of, of his music. And, and, you know, we're we're backing him up and he can be confident and. Yeah, he totally went out there and we're like, whoa, we're like, that's what a lead singer is. Oh, my God. Um, so then, you know, fast forward to a couple years later, our set went really well. He had a great time and he, he's actually sat in with us, I think, once or twice since then. Mm -hmm. But um, Ween got back together after that. And so it, it was a cool thing because I felt like we at least kind of helped unlock that door a little bit of getting him comfortable and excited about that you know so many great ween songs that they've made over the years so it makes me very happy to look out there and to to see that ween is playing shows again and uh you know i feel like maybe there's a little like five percent of it that we had to do with it so uh i'm, I'm glad we could bring good good musicians back together i'm sure i'm sure that definitely had something to do with it there's not a doubt yeah so, you know, one other um, sit-in that we, we mentioned here was uh, Allie Crawl. She just sat in for a song. She is, uh, you know, formerly of Cornmeal, now the, uh, uh, the violinist uh, fiddle player for Yonder Mountain String Band. And uh, she came out for Bob O'Reilly and just absolutely tore down the house. And I want to say it was like a Sunday afternoon, maybe. I, I feel like it was, it was a daytime show. I thought right? it was dark though okay. i 
think I'm, it was I'm, dark. I'm probably wrong. I may have just stayed up that night and it felt like <laughs> uh, it's hard. It's yeah. hard to tell at summer camp. Yeah. But, uh, but, but that for me always made that version of Bob O'Reilly one of my favorites that we did. I mean, I feel like she just really took it over the top. Um, yeah. So that list on those lyrics too. I mean, his voice is so good for that too. Nice. It's just a good cover all around anyways. Yeah. It makes her in there. Yeah. Just... No doubt. No doubt. Thank you. 
So, uh, so yeah, and then um, I know I said to you also I wanted to uh, mention a couple honorable sit-ins that some of my favorite things that didn't happen. Um, and, you know, particularly anytime Green Sky Bluegrass is played there, we have not had an Anders backup. And I think that has been one of the, the greatest non-sit-ins that we've done. You know, like he's just always kind of mucking it up and, um, and, and you know, making, making that sound a little too thick and, you know, then turns on his distortion on his acoustic instrument. I mean, he's, you know, <laughs> just, just so much noise and not very much thought process. So, uh, so yeah, we're, we're very lucky to have not had Anders uh, sitting with us over the years. Did he sit in with you guys at 4848 Festival, though? Uh, he did. He did. With Billy and, Strings. That right, was right. that was phenomenal. That nothing we gave too fancy. Artek 20 bucks to lose his uh, lose his distortion pedal. And they like couldn't, you know, he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. We can't find it, you know, for the sit-in. Um, <laughs> no, on, on, Anders and, uh, and Billy did a uh, did a great job uh at 4848 that was that was pretty fun having them out for nothing too fancy um so you know sometimes people get lucky sarah <laughs> so are there any other sit-ins that you've done you mentioned the one what are there other ones through the years talk about those oh yeah um let's see i mean honestly it's uh it's kind of, it, it, these are one of these things where it's like, man, what, what year did that happen? When did we do that? I feel like I've done a lot of, um, a lot of fun side project stuff. There's one year we did uh, like a split teams thing where we did two bands that were each half of Mo and half of Humphreys. And uh, we did some sets in the barn. That was a pretty, uh, pretty fun, cool thing that we got to do. Was that the 2007 uh, tag team, that late night? Yes, that's that's what it was called, tag team, yep. Yeah. Um, Not and, very many people remember that night. Everybody I know that was there by that point of the evening, a lot of everybody's memory is a little foggy. Yeah, so. that's why we played first. So, you know, <laughs> you know, if they remembered anything, it was from our set. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I've, I've sat in with... Um, I played with Aqueous a couple years ago. Uh, I remember that one being a really fun one. Um, let's see, what else? I've done a couple everyone orchestras uh, over the years. Those are always a blast. Love doing that. Um, I've done a couple of the VIP brunch things. I did a set with Wade a long time ago, and then I also did a solo set a couple years ago. Um, That's cool. And then I think I also I sat in with uh, Jesse Clayton, who's a great keyboardist from Michigan. Um, that is uh, kind of back and forth between Detroit and LA now, but uh, sat in with his project. Digital Tape Machine, of course, did lots of shows between 2010 and 2015. Um, we were always playing that the Thursday night, which was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, and I'm, I'm sure, I'm trying to remember what, what it is that, oh man, what was it? I sat in with, uh, I sat in with Mo once. And I had a, like, this was when Al had his keyboard up there and, um, and he had a vocal mic set up on the keyboard. Oh, what song was it? It was, uh, Blue Oyster Cult, I want to say, uh, don't fear, either don't fear the Reaper or might've been something else, but I tried to sing background vocals on it and 
I didn't have either I didn't have it in my monitor or whatever. And apparently my background vocals were like just horrible and I like completely ruined the song. So uh, so that's that's definitely a, uh, a good summer camp memory. Good lesson. If you do not have a monitor or access to hear your vocals, maybe don't sing. You know? <laughs> just a thought. Just, just yeah, a thought. Putting that out there. Thanks so much for joining Joel and I for part one. Check out next week's part two and hear Joel talk some more about sit-ins, who he would have liked to make a guest appearance, and answers the question, has anyone ever said no to sitting in with Umphreys? We also talk about who he would love to have sit in at this year's Summer Camp Music Festival, Mo and Umphrey's relationship with them, and more. So make sure you don't miss it.